Turn to the book of Genesis chapter 6 and mark that place for just a moment. Again, Genesis chapter 6, mark that place. Turn to the book of Matthew chapter 24. Again, I'll try to help you in the, the turning in just a moment. I want to read uh, one verse in Acts chapter 1, but I want you to go ahead and mark Genesis chapter 6 in um, Matthew chapter 24. Those are the two places uh, we're going to get at in just a moment, but I want to read to you, if I may, uh, a verse found in the Acts uh, chapter 1. So again, Genesis chapter 6, Matthew chapter 24. But let me read to you, if I may, Acts chapter 1 and in verse 7. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times. Remember what he said. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. It is not for you to know. The Advent calendar. I've been reading about that and studying about the Advent calendar. And if you know much about the Advent calendar, it's about a, a countdown to the coming of Christ or the birth of Christ. And a lot of times it's used, and we might even refer to it as around Christmas time. It's a countdown. Uh, I believe it begins like four Sundays before Christmas, and it's an Advent calendar that counts down. Because people want to know the exact day things are going to happen. So you'll see here in the book of Matthew, um, if you want to turn back over there for just a moment. We see in Acts, it tells us you're not supposed to know these things. But in Matthew chapter 24, the disciples wanted to know when. And they were forgetting about the what. So again... In Acts, we read that you're not supposed to know. It's not your place to know. None of us can tell and know exactly, based on an Advent calendar, when Christ is going to come. But we do have a calendar that counts down to let us know, based off our, our holiday that we celebrated just recently, when Christmas would be. Now, is there anybody here this morning that ever said, Man, Christmas just snuck up on me. Has anybody here ever had that happen? All of a sudden, you turn around and you're like, Man, that snuck up on me. Guess when Christmas falls every year? December the 25th. Why is it that we are well aware of when something is, but yet we all can relate? And I say we all, I'm going to make an assumption. Students in class, you might realize, well, I've got a week to get ready for a test, and all of a sudden it sneaks upon you. You've been told well in advance when the test is going to be. But things sneak upon us because even though we know it's going to happen, we don't always understand the exact when it's going to happen so we forget about that. So the disciples were all caught up in this wanting to know when the Lord's going to come back. And that's where Matthew chapter 24 is going to come in in just a minute. But the idea is that, that the Advent calendar is let's count down and let's see if we can figure out the exact coming of Christ born in a manger. Now people are still trying to calculate and try to come up with these ideas of when Christ is going to come back. Let's do not get lost in the fact of what's going to happen by getting too worried about when it's going to happen. The idea that we have to remember this morning is we must be ready. We used to announce a lot of times, well, there's a, an earthquake drill that's going to happen this week. So you know what people would do? They would start educating. If an earthquake happens, you must be prepared. This is what you need. If you know something's going to happen, are you prepared for that? Is there anybody here that ever checks the air in a spare tire? You don't have to raise your hand. 
But the reason what you have to think about is is that you check the air in the spare tire because if you ever have a flat tire, then you need to make sure that you're prepared for a flat. By the way, I don't check the air in, my flat, for, in a spare tire. But what would that be my luck? Sure enough, you need it. What about a Band-Aid? Sometimes we have Band-Aids in our closets and our billfolds and our purses, not because we anticipate getting a cut today, but it's in fact of something may happen today. Just the other day, I heard a, a doctor talk about never heard about this, but a doctor was talking about the incident that happened. He said, you know, I have an AED at my house. And I began to think, I thought, that's prepared right there when you, in the medical profession that you are, have an AED in your house because you are preparing for something that may or may not happen. Folks, all these things we can talk about that might happen to you, but they might not. There's one thing I hope we all will understand. Jesus is coming back. That's not a maybe or it's looking pretty probable. Right now, we can probably all look outside and say, well, there's a probability that there's a chance of rain today. You can tell by the situation. Folks, we're not looking around saying that this is probable or that this may happen. We know for a fact it is going to happen. The Advent calendar was to count down so that we might know the arrival of Jesus. And you and I today, we have to understand that there is a time that Jesus is going to come back. We just don't know when that's going to happen. What we have to do on our part is we must be prepared. We keep a long list of phone numbers, poison control, doctor's offices, all kinds of numbers we keep on handy. Why? Because we want to be prepared for so many things. I ask myself, what are we prepared for right now? People used to carry sewing kits in the purses in case there was ever a tear or they had to fix a button or, you know, people were prepared for so many things. And I think, Lord, we prepare for all kinds of ideas and situations and scenarios. Some of them are severe, some of them are not. Some may carry around an EpiPens and some may carry around inhalers. And we carry around all these things because some are severe, some are not severe. Folks, there is nothing more severe than a person leaving this world unprepared to meet Christ. Nothing more that I believe that is, that is more important for you today than to be prepared for when that day comes. Matthew chapter 24. I want to skip down for just a minute to the 36th verse. But of that day, much less the hour, and hour, knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Why do people prepare? John F. Kennedy, I think, once made the statement. He said, you don't fix a roof in the rain, you fix it during the sunshine. And you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, why would you wait until something was to happen and then decide that you need it? We are told well in advance before we leave this world, folks, we need Jesus. If you are here this morning, you are hearing the very message that you need Jesus. So why do we wait until it's too late or till a time when, when it's evident that we need it? Why would we not make preparations today? We kid so much about what happens this time of the year when the weather starts turning and all of a sudden there's a chance of a snow flurry. What happens? People bombard the stores and they get all the bread and the milk and they're going to make all the, uh, the stuff that they're going to be boarded up like for at least 12 hours or more. We, we kid about that because this may or may not happen. But when we talk about the Advent calendar, the idea is that it keeps marking it off, checking it off, 
<coughs> we keep moving down until the arrival of Jesus. People right now are telling us, well, uh, this is going to be the year. This is the year the Lord's going to come back. And they have all these, these calculations and formulas of how they derived at that point. Jesus said, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. But notice what happens, what he says here. That day and hour. You know, we can understand seasons. What is a season? Season is something that kind of comes and it goes. We can understand seasons, but the scriptures very plainly tells us that we cannot, we do not know the day and the hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. There is, let's go ahead and throw this out there too. Whether we admit this or not, we have limitations. We all have limitations. Not just limitations on how long we can or how far we can walk or how long we can go without eating or how long we can go without sleeping. We are limited on knowing when the Lord's going to come back. We do not have that capabilities. But don't feel like you're alone. Why? Because not even the angels know that either. Wouldn't that be something that, that, that the angels, that, that, that are ironic, I should say, the angels know something we don't? He said, no, you don't know it. The angels in heaven don't even know. He said, that's something that nobody knows, he says. Not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Sometimes there are people privileged to some very, very confidential and top secret information. Matter of fact, sometimes people begin to, to correspond electronically and there's always this, this disclaimer of who this was for and if this was not intended for you, just unsee it or act like you didn't read it. And I thought that's always hard to unhear something or unsee something. But, but anyway, it's, it's like the idea is it, it, it was limited to one person. I want you to notice what the scripture says. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Folks, when it comes to the return of the Lord, there is not one person that is privileged to knowing when that's going to happen. So what that tells me in, there is equality when it comes to God. We all must be prepared without knowing when we're leaving this world. You know what I believe today? That it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or anything you've done in life. What we all understand is, is that we're all equal in the fact of not a single one of us knows. For he says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. Why does God not tell us when he's coming back? Well, I could probably get in everybody's business and tell you this. What happens when you know exactly when the company's coming? We've got time. We've got time. We've got time. I'm not going to the store yet. I'm not going to the store yet. I'm not going to clean. I'm not going to clean. We've got time to go here. We put things off when we think that there's time. We're not going on a trip yet, so I don't need to check the air in my spare tire. We're not going camping yet, so I don't need to make sure that there's matches in my backpack and a flashlight or a sleeping bag or whatever you need. If we think there's time, we delay preparing ourselves. Folks, do not delay in getting ready to meet the Lord. There is no time any greater than right now. I do not encourage people to wait till the end of a service. I will not encourage anybody to say, why don't you just get home where it's all nice and quiet and you can be all alone, folks. You may not make it to that spot in your life. You must heed that invitation now. For he says, the, the scripture teaches us, no man, he says, knows these things. And he says, not even 
the angels, but my Father only. Folks, when you look at these scriptures, we can all come to an understanding that God's in control of everything. There's a day, there's a time that it's all set aside. And he said, this is the day I'm going to return. And this is a day uh, that, that there's an accountability, if you will. But in saying that, in doing that, we must understand is that God is in control. What happens when something happens to, or when something sneaks up on somebody unexpectedly? All of a sudden the company shows up at your house or all of a sudden it's Christmas Day and you don't have the gifts that, that in the stores are closed, it's Christmas Eve or whatever. And all of a sudden something has snuck upon you and you're unprepared. Folks, today God knows and it's our place and responsibility to be prepared. Are you prepared if this is the day? If this is the last day of, of life as you know it right now, this is the day that you're going to leave this world, what's going to happen to you? But it says, Knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. It would be easy for us to say, God gets mad, God gets frustrated, and He speeds it up. Folks, I believe God already knows right now everything about us. Not just time as far as of earth as we know it, but I believe that God has a time for me, and I believe that God has a time for you. We're all equal in the fact of none of us know when the end is going to be. We all know the beginning. And that's why when you notice these scriptures, it's talking about the end. There's not much reference to the beginning because that's kind of an obvious thing. But it's the end that is such a question mark. How many of us think that there's so much more ahead or so much more that is, be, that is before us that we have uh, that is coming to us but the idea is is that Jesus is telling us no man knows again he's talking about his return, uh, return he says but no man he says but of the hour uh, uh, day and hour knoweth no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only he said, there's going to be a time that you're going to understand and you're going to realize these situations and the shape that they're in. And he says, you're going to have to be prepared for that. Let's back up in Matthew for just a little bit here, chapter 24. Let's read verse 33. So likewise, so likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, Know that it is near. Now, it is actually refer a reference to he. Folks, it's not a time that we're worried about returning. It's a person that is important. Follow along with that just a minute. Even at the doors, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Here's the problem. But as in the days of Noah, but as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Again, notice, told that it's going to happen. It happens. And they knew not until it was too late. And took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. If you mark your scriptures, let's go back to the book of Genesis chapter 6 for just a moment. 
But as in the days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Noah preached for, I don't know, 120 years. During this 120 years, according to the book of, uh, I believe it is Second Peter, talked about he was a preacher of righteousness. You see, he was doing a deed, but he was also, he was preaching a deed, but he was living it too. Let me ask you this. Do you believe in practicing what you preach? Noah was preaching righteousness, but I believe he was also acting on by being prepared for what was about to happen. It's one thing for us to stand up and amen and to preach and to tell people, we believe the Lord's coming back. We believe there's a day you're going to leave this world. We believe as the Advent calendar counts down that there's a time that we will meet Jesus. But are we practicing and preparing for that day to happen? Genesis chapter 6 talks about also as in the days of Noah. But notice what happens in Genesis chapter 6. And skip down to the 5th verse. The thoughts of his heart. And let's read it again. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart. Talking about mankind. Was on evil continually. Again. Thoughts. Evil. Continually. If you do not think you and I are living in a time where evil is growing, just look around you. Folks, I can't, and I'm not much of a channel flipper through because it actually disturbs me. But I want to tell you, a lot of times I will flip through a channels or channels multiple, and I would tell you there's very few things on there that I would stop and let children watch anymore for multiple reasons. It's very, it's, it's very demeaning, I guess you would say, to, to God and to mankind, the condition. Walk down, walk, look in the store and look at the magazines and look at the, the, the fronts of the magazines and look at, at what people are selling and look at the things that are important. You mean to tell me that evil is not continually growing? A lot of times we think of evil as in dark places. Folks, sometimes it's right in the middle of broad daylight. Sometimes we think it's in the cities when actually it's in your backyards. Sometimes we feel like that it's happening to to other parts of the world when really it's right in our own zip code. The thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. But let's go on to the 11th verse. The earth... Also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Verse 12. God, it says, looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. What happens when you have two people disagree with something? There's a debate. If I look at you and say, that tree's rotten... And you look at that tree and say, no, it's not. If you'll look, there's leaves that are blooming up here, folks. If God says evil is evil and corrupt is corrupt, there's no debating God. If God says something is in the condition it is, it's not about us trying to say, well, I see the hint of this or I see the idea of that. If God says the earth was corrupt, then absolutely do I believe that the earth was corrupt. 
In the 12th verse, let's read that one again. All flesh had corrupted his way. I don't know that many of us would dispute the fact that it's easy for us to blame our government. It's easy for us to blame other countries and the corruption in that. Sometimes we even blame businesses. Man, that's a dirty business. That's a corrupt business. They'll steal from you. They'll cheat you out. They'll lie to you. Sometimes we think that, that, that corruption is to a certain group. Folks, I believe if you'll understand the scripture, it says mankind as a whole was corrupt. It's not a government. It's not a business. It's not a school. It's not a church. He says mankind as a whole. Read that one more time. All flesh had corrupted his way. You want to talk about equality again? When it says that no man, not even the angels knew, equality also means is that we all are corrupt. Preacher, you have hurt my feelings. In the womb of our mother in sin, every one of us were conceived. It doesn't mean we're bad people. It means we're sinful people. It's a people that's in need of Jesus Christ. It's in people today that are in need of being redeemed and delivered out of what we're in. And you know what? It's about a people that needs to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Are you ready? One of the very first songs I think that we, we, we sang, even as we came in here today, talked about being prepared, being ready. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for these things to happen? Because all flesh had corrupted his way. But let's flip back to Matthew for just a moment. Matthew 24 and skip down to the 38th verse. It says they were marrying and they were giving in marriage. Go back to Genesis. You don't have to go back and read it. But I'll read to you Genesis 6 and 2. And the Son of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Again, we're talking about here that there was marrying and giving in marriage. And according to uh, Genesis chapter 6, there was some unholiness that was going on. You see today, it's not that people are doing things that are bad and wrong. It's unholiness of man. You think about holiness versus unholiness. Righteousness versus unrighteousness. Sin versus sinless. All these things that are one against another realizes that God is the only righteous. God is the only holy. God is the only one today that is sinless or Jesus is these things. But you and I today, we follow the category of a people that are sinful. He said in those days there were people that were marrying and giving in marriage. Notice what he also says in the 38th verse. They were eating and Drinking. I don't think anybody here is going to dispute the fact that we all have an appetite. L let's break that down for just a little bit. When I say an appetite, has anybody here ever lost your appetite for something? It's just not appealing to you, right? You know, you may force yourself to eat something, but you don't have an appetite for something. What happens when you do have an appetite is it's something you crave. Here, we're seeing that there were people that were craving something. And they were giving in to those cravings. Folks, now they're seeing all out there today. It's tempting. It's lucrative to all of us. It's things that are appealing to us. And it becomes something that is part of our appetite. We crave it. 
But what we see here is that all of a sudden that they got to a point where they were eating and drinking. If they desired it, they did it. Folks, I want to, I want to be very clear this morning. Just because you have a desire for something does not mean that God approves of it. And I'm going to say that one more time. Just because you have a desire to do something does not mean God approves of it. We already have in His Word the things that He approves of and the things that He desires for us to do. Folks, do not act upon the things that are tempting. Do not act upon the things that are desiring. Do not act upon the things that the flesh is after today. It's about seeking the things of God. For they were eating and drinking. You would think, by the way, is there anything more natural than eating or drinking? It's just what you do, right? You don't have to teach an animal how to eat or drink. That's just what they do. A child is naturally hungry. A child is naturally thirsty. You and I are naturally sinful people too. Just because something is natural doesn't mean that God said that that's what you should do. In our society, we talked about some of these things in Sunday school. Our society says, if that's the way that, that, that God made you, then you should just be that, folks. May we realize today that man is not just who God made us. We are a fallen man. That, 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 there's a fine line right there. Yes, God did make us all, but we are a fallen man in need of a Savior. And in that fallen state we're in, who is it that redeems us and purchases us and gives us the, 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 the righteousness we have? Folks, that's what God does. That's why when we talk about the coming of Jesus, we're, we are incomplete beings right now. Our soul is saved, but there's coming a day when the body and the soul is going to be the same. But he's talking about how, the, 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 how people just do things that just come natural to them. They're eating and they're drinking. Notice what he goes on to say just a little bit later there in that 39th verse. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. There are people today that will claim not to have a knowledge of something. Let me back up just a second. The very beginning of that verse, and knew not until the flood. What do you not know this morning? I can tell you one thing you don't know when your last breath is going to be. I'll tell you one thing you do not know according to what we read to you there in the very beginning in Acts chapter 1 and the very 7th verse teaches us for it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in His own power. There are some things that we do not know. But we know God's promises. What do you know today? You don't know when you're going to leave. But we know this. Jesus has said, I'm coming back. Folks, today people are wanting that calendar to count down. As long as they know when Christmas is. By the way, it's going to fall in on December the 25th of 2023. So if you need to start shopping, go ahead. Because it's coming. If time tarries, it's coming. Don't let it sneak up on you. But people want to count down and they want to know that exact date. But if you don't know when it's going to happen, are you going to get ready? Are you ready right now for that day? If the Lord was to say, this is it. This is the day. This is the time. Are you going to say, well, I'm ready. I've got my poncho. If it rains, I'm ready. 
If, 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 I, if I cut my finger, I've got a band-aid. If the Lord comes back, are you covered by His blood? Are you protected and safe and secure? And they knew not until the flood came. I believe Noah preached for 120 years. It's, they might have knew not, but it's not because Noah didn't tell them. It's because they didn't want to listen. Do you think that's two different things? Oh, I believe all the time that there's such things as uh, two different things. That, that he was preaching to them, he was teaching to them, but they would not. But let's just keep reading here. It says, and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two shall be in the field. Again, he's talking about two is going to be in the field. This is the scenario that's going to happen. Two is going to be in the field. The one shall be taken. The other is going to be left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Verse 42 says, Watch therefore. I want you to really look at the word watch. Watch is what we call the imperative mood, which means it's something that's continually happening. Let me put it to you like this. Do you think that there's a difference in somebody coming up to a four-way stop and really looking for traffic versus somebody that just kind of glances up and back and then takes off without really knowing what's happening? Folks, today, sometimes we think just because we glance left, we glance right, that we're really watching for the Lord's return. The word watch means that we are actively, currently looking. Are you taking a break right now? You know when a thief's going to hit you? By the time you least expect it. All in, in the security of things and all these things we talk about safety, it's, it's, it's always keep your guard up because at the time you least expect it, something is going to happen. They know your guard's down. But here we see that, 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 that the scripture teaches us, Watch therefore for you know not what hour your Lord may come to watch. Jesus, let's be clear, is not given a recommendation. He's not given a suggestion he is commanding and He is telling you to watch. Are you listening to Jesus? Are you watching? If I tell you to, since you're all facing this way, if I tell you to watch this door, don't just glance over and back. Watch means you're going to put your eyes on it. You're going to fix it. You're not going to move it. But you know what the world says? You got your eyes on Jesus. You're watching. You're watching. You're watching. You're following His command. And the world honks their horn. Well, what's that? And all of a sudden, we've got our eyes off what he told us not to take our eyes off. Folks, today, when you get your eyes off the prize, you know what happens to a farmer when they're plowing in a straight line and they get their eyes off their destination? Anytime I'm trying to, to work in a straight line, I start at one place, I find a tree or a pole, and I'll go in a straight line. If I ever get my eyes off of that, it's just as crooked as it can be, folks. You can tell in our life exactly when we get our eyes off Jesus and not watching for His return, all of a sudden we get off track. We're not going where we should go and doing what we should do. But you know what? Don't surrender. Don't give up. Put your eyes on Him and watch for His coming. Are you watching for Him today or do you want to wait a little while? Sometimes people want to take a time out in life. Okay, Jesus, I know you said to watch. But let me take a little time out and go enjoy a few things and then come right back. You know what happens? It'll happen when you least expect it. Jesus teaches us. He said, watch therefore for you know not what hour your Lord may come. Are you watching faithfully? Or are you watching fervently? 
Are you watching intently for something to happen? And he says, watch. If you watch, that means you're not sleeping. The military can tell you a lot about this. When, they, when, when somebody was on watch duty, no matter how tired you got, no matter how much you wanted, there was a sacrifice that had to happen so that you could stay at your command and your post and do your job. Folks, it's not always easy watching for the Lord's return, but we are commanded and commissioned to keep a watch. For he says, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord may come. Therefore, talking about a day that's going to happen, ye know not. We're going to emphasize once again we have lack of knowledge. The angels didn't know. We don't know. But Jesus says, Ye know not. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord may come. For your own sake, for your own safety, you need to be watching for the Lord to come back. You know how to be watching for the time that you're going to leave this world. And are you ready for that? Going to circle back to that advent calendar. It always would start. And it was, if you'll notice, a lot of them are little doors. And they would just, they kind of, we use them as countdown calendars. Because we want to always count down so we know exactly when something is going to happen. Because when we do, then all of a sudden it's like we can be prepared for that. But you see, we do not know that exact hour nor the exact day. That's what Jesus teaches uh, us here. He says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Are you ready for that day? Or are you looking for some kind of sign that's going to come along and you can mathematically add it up and say, well, we've still got a little bit more time, folks. Be ye therefore ready. That's what the scriptures teach us over uh, and over again. The, the 44th verse. Therefore be ye also ready. Are you ready for that day? Are you prepared for that day? Do you have what you need if the Lord was to come back? If it rains, you need an umbrella or a poncho. If the Lord comes back, you need the blood of His Son Jesus to be prepared. Are you that today? God bless you is my prayer. I want us to get